What's up, everybody? Back at you again with another episode of 525. Cam, say hey to people. What up, peeps? Good to be back after a couple-week hiatus. Um, one thing they don't tell you in the owner's manual when you have a child is that your life changes significantly Monday through Friday. I, I knew that going in, but um, two of my favorite hobbies, number one, this podcast – um, I haven't been able to devote as much time to that. And my second favorite hobby, sleeping, um, I've lost out on that significantly as well. So um, we're back. We're back. Though. Yeah, let's, let's just go ahead and clear something up. A programming note from us. Um, we will be recording on Saturday from now on. Right, Cam? Yeah, that's the hope on the weekends so, yeah. since the weeks are so busy for me. Yeah, so that'll be um, – That'll be uh, our recording schedule from now on. So we'll get to see you out on Saturday afternoon. Uh, and hopefully we can get it to you on a regular basis. Uh, that depends on Cam's schedule. Uh, and you guys should understand that with a new one, uh, things sometimes go awry, both of our listeners. So, yes. Uh, <laughs> by the way, Cam, from me, Chris, hello. Hi, Charmitra. Uh, let's, let's dive right into it, bro. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs, man, lose Pat Mahomes for at least, it looks like, the next month, probably. Yep. Um, so we're going, we're all on Matt Moore. Uh, what were your thoughts on on the play, on the injury, on the Chiefs' um, outlook going forward? I mean, if we're, I'll answer your questions in order. Uh, the play, I'm fine with the play call. I mean, football's a physical game. Quarterback sneaks are part of the game. Um, if you're using the, the logic of, oh, shouldn't have called that play. Look what happened. He got injured by calling a quarterback sneak. Well, he injured his ankle by dropping back for a pass. But Andy Reid hasn't stopped calling pass plays for Patrick Mahomes. Right. I mean, it, it's part of football. Right. I heard a stat yesterday. It was on um, 810. They had Bob Glober, who writes for the New York Newsday, on. Um, he said that I think Tom Brady, over the last however long his career has been, he's run like 150 or 160 quarterback sneaks and has never been injured on one. Well, and, and he's the most successful quarterback of all time well, with the best, the best professional football coach of all time. So what, what are you going to do? That's, that, it's part of the game. You're trying to get first downs. You're trying to win. So that's my thoughts on that. What about you? Well, uh, what are the chances realistically of having your kneecap dislocated on a quarterback sneak? I mean, it was really a freak injury if if you think about it. Uh, right. The other thing is uh, I think the Chiefs – I, I'm going to take the glass half full stance on this um, in that uh, having a month off could let his ankle heal. Um, yeah. So, you know, he comes back, Matt Moore treads water. Think about it this way. Uh, they'll probably lose the next two games. Um, but if they can win one of the next two and Pat comes back after that, they are uh, six and four going to San Diego. I mean, L.A. Right. So they're fine. They've got they've got Packers at at home. 
They've got Packers at home. They've got Vikings on the road. And then they're at the Titans, yeah. which I will be tra- traveling to Nash Vegas to watch the Titans yeah, game, I, I, which I'm pretty pumped for. I think they can get uh, the Titans with Matt Moore at quarterback. Um, I think that they'll probably lose the next two. Um, but you're not afraid. You're not afraid of Ryan no, Tannehill. Not at all. The Chiefs, you know, while Patrick Mahomes is a big part of their offense, he's not. They, he's not the offense, right? They still have Tyree Kittle. Right. They still have Travis Kelsey. They still have uh, Demarcus Robinson. They still have Byron Pringle, who's actually been playing really well. Um, and so, I think they're okay. You know, I, I think this yeah. could be a blessing in disguise where he comes back and his ankle's healed, and now we're ready to roll, you know, for the rest of the year. So Right. Right. So I'm taking the glass half full stance on this. I think it could be actually a good thing, um, and I'm I'm looking forward to see what the rest of the year brings out. I'm still not losing hope, and uh, I'm ready to I'm ready to go. Can Can you name? I saw this yesterday on ESPN stats and info on Twitter, which I love. Go follow it. it it's is. a great Twitter account to follow. Can you name the last reigning MVP to miss multiple games following their MVP season? Did Sean Alexander win an MVP? He may have, but that's not the right answer. Who is it then? Tom Brady. Really? Who uh, tore his ACL against the... Oh, Chiefs. Uh, Bernard Pollard. The Chiefs. Bernard Pollard rolled up on him. So, yeah. I, Cam, they said Cam Newton missed a game the year after he won the MVP, but missing multiple games. That hasn't happened since 2008. And- and uh, that that was the year that I infamously had Tom Brady on my fantasy team. Bernard Pollard rolled up on him. He was out for the year. I had to hit the waiver wire, and I had to pick up Jason Campbell oh. from, as my quarterback wow. for the entire season. Wow. Needless to say, I uh, I did not get first. I remember uh, being uh, being you know, kind of excited because I was a teenager and I was like, oh, thank God, Tom Brady, you know, we don't have to deal with him for the rest of the game. And then Matt young, comes in and just lights up the teeth for the rest of the young, game. A young, unsure Ace Finch sophomore at Council Grove High School still trying to figure out the ins and outs of puberty and talking to women. Very unsure about life and very unsure about Matt Castle. Never, never figured out the talking to women part. I just got lucky. Yeah. <laughs> so, let's move on though, bro. Uh, what uh, What do you want to talk about next, man? World Series. Let's Let's talk Let's talk a little college football, college football. since we're on the football Ooh. subject. Okay, we got three local games going on today. Uh, we won't talk about Mizzou since they're not involved in the Big Twelve. Uh, we got KU. They take on Texas. They're at Texas Horns down. today. Horns down. They play at six, I think, on the Longhorn Network. Which, if I have ESPN Plus. Do I get the Longhorn Network? You, if you have Watch ESPN, you get the Longhorn Network. Okay. Is, okay. If you have a cable provider, uh, you put in your cable information and then you can okay. watch it there. Okay. Then I will be able to watch it. And then we got K State taking on TCU at BSFS no uh, this afternoon at one thirty. So I just want to I, I want to talk K State first. Yep. 
I I think this is a a pivotal game for both pro, for both programs. Um, I think this puts both programs on a trajectory of making a bowl game or missing a bowl game. It's a home game for the Wildcats, so they got that going in their favor. But they just they don't look good no. right now. At, at, I don't want to say at all, but they just don't look good. And, and maybe it's because the last time I watched them play, they were playing Baylor, and Baylor has been sneaky good this year. They're undefeated. Right. They just gave their head coach an extension. They just gave their gave their AD an extension. But Skylar Thompson, he's got to get it figured out. You know, he was supposed to be the dude this year, coming back for his senior year. He's got starting quarterback experience under his belt. And I don't know, man. I, 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 picked, I picked the Frogs today Yeah. Um, to, to leave Manhattan with a W. I think it could be a competitive game. But I, I think Gary Patterson is a, a great defensive coach. They may not have everything clicking on offense. Their court, their quarterback play is bad. Yeah, it is. The, the te- it is bad. It's now, terrible. granted, I I watched them play KU and they just torched KU, but they do not have good quarterback play. Well, it is yeah, not. It is not good. They they torched KU when five minutes before the game, KU found out that their starting running back wasn't playing. So right. So that had a that had a, a mental effect on the Jayhawks that day, I think. But. Uh, yeah, this is one of my most looked forward to games. I told my wife that I was going to watch this game, uh, so yeah, uh, she's gonna let me. Uh, and and uh, so I'm gonna watch it. And I think it's a toss up. I think that it's gonna be, you know, a three point game. You know, one of those. But right. K State's gotta win this game. Uh, they got they they go to Norman next week. I think. Uh, so that puts them if they don't win on a trajectory to be 0-4 in conference going in, coming to Lawrence. Uh, yep. KU's looking better. You know, I, I went to the uh, to the Oklahoma game last week. We'll talk about that in a second. But they came out and scored the opening touchdown, and that's the only time OU's not trailed all year. So, uh We'll talk about Brent Deerman here in a minute. But, yeah, I think K-State's got to win this game today. Uh, to, to, yeah. To, to they're, get to a bowl. They're three-and-a-half-point dogs, K-State is, today. Next week, they're at OU. The week after that, they're at Kansas. Or, pardon me, OU comes to Manhattan. OU I apologize. Manhattan. OU comes to Manhattan. Then they're at Kansas and at Texas. So, so, they're, so they're on pace. So, they very – they they very I don't know don't pump your brakes I don't think they lose to Kansas uh, they're they could very if they lose today they could go one and four in their or one and three in their next four yeah. um, and then they've got they finish up with West Virginia Tech and Iowa State so they, they could, who knows they could get three three bowl games or three wins in conference still um, yeah but. It's it's looking it's looking less if like less if they don't get it done today, uh, because, yeah. They, it, because their only for sure win at that point would be KU. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about the Jayhawks, though, man. Um, Brent Deerman's the OC. Uh, he run he does a lot of the RPO stuff that they they did against Boston College, 
and they lit Boston College up 40-48. Are you expecting a drastic offensive change from the Jayhawks in terms of scoring points? Uh, or what are you expecting tonight from them in in Texas, uh, in Austin? I everything I hear from the new OC I like. Uh, I watched the last two episodes of Miles to Go, um, and he says the right things. He's a young guy. He's never had an OC job at the Division One level, so um, I wouldn't be shocked if he comes out with a deer in the headlights look. But at the same time, he's had a couple of weeks to prepare for Texas. Um, they're twenty-one point dogs. Uh, to the Longhorns. Real quick, um, sorry to interrupt. Yeah. Speaking of stats and info, Les Miles is 2-0 and as a 21-point dog as a head coach. There you go. So. Take, take, the, take the Hawks. Take the Hawks. Take the Hawks. Hawks outright. by 90. Anyway, Hawks, by, Hawks by a billion. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. <laughs> I guess we'll just wait and see. I think it's a loss is inevitable. Um, Sam El- Sam Ellinger is a great quarterback. Um, he's 17 touchdowns to two interceptions this year. He's already passed for 1,600 yards. Um, it, it all goes back to getting your playmakers in space, which I think prior to the West Virginia game – no, I'll include the West Virginia game – they did not do that, no. aside from Boston College. Puka Williams, he did not get opportunities to get the ball in space. Um, Andrew Parchment is hit or miss. He He's had big games, and then he's had games where it's like, where the heck did you go, dude? And that's not a direct reflection on him. That's just a matter of, you know, getting him the ball. Yeah. So, like, just looking at his stat line against OU, this is Parchment, against, uh, let's see, Coastal Carolina, three receptions for 14 yards. Against Boston College, eight receptions, 100 yards, two scores. Against West Virginia, five receptions, 132 yards, two touchdowns. Against TCU, four receptions, 10 yards, no scores. Against OU, four receptions, 45 yards, no scores. So you gotta you gotta design plays to get your players, your best players, the ball. Let me let me ask, let me ask you this, Cam. Is KU where you thought they'd be at this point in the season? Are they behind? Are they ahead? I didn't think they'd be very good at the very beginning of the year. If you'd have have told me, you know, what's the record going to be? You know, I thought, okay, they may win one game. But then when they came out and they beat Indiana State, I'm like, okay, not a pretty win, but we'll take it. And then they laid an egg against Coastal Carolina. And I'm like, all right, there's our one win. But then they come out and whoop up Boston College. They hang tight with West Virginia, which I think was a, a winnable game. They should have won. You know, they had a couple calls go against them with the onside kick. Um, and then their defense just couldn't get stops. So I'm like, okay, this, this team is not as bad as I thought they would be. But then these last two weeks, I'm like, okay, maybe they are as bad as I thought they would be. Well, I... go ahead. And maybe, maybe that's just a reflection of Les Miles getting to know his personnel. But I feel like he should know who he has and who he doesn't have six games into the season. I, I was in attendance 
it's the Oklahoma game, like I mentioned. And being there live, they drew up a great defensive game plan against Oklahoma, but Jalen Hurts just made plays. They they had him in the backfield 18,000 times, and he would spin out mm-hmm. the And that's just him being him. That's just him being a really good college quarterback. So I don't think you can look at the OU game and be and and say it, that is a reflection of how good KU is because I think OU. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I I think that they're they're maybe not as good as I thought they would be uh, after the Boston College game. I think that gave me a little bit of false hope. But um, I have hope for the rest of the year still. Nothing that they've done in conference play has diminished my hope any. I think they can go and win, you know, the game against Texas Tech. They can. I'm not saying they will. But yeah. I think they can. Uh, Definitely. And so I think they can. Uh, well, I dropped you. Uh-oh. Uh, Ace, Ace, Ace got to pick me up. While he's trying to pick me up, I'll – I'll piggyback off of that. If I, we're looking at their schedule right now. They got Texas today. Next week, they're, they play Texas Tech. Yeah. I think that is a home game. It is. Is that a home game? It, it is, is a home game. Then they got K-State in, at home. Then they go to Oklahoma State. Then I. Then they are on the road at Iowa State. And then they finish up with Baylor. So I think they lose to Baylor. I think they lose to Ohio State or Iowa State. I think they lose to Okie State. There are only two opportunities for wins are K-State and Texas Tech. And I think that K-State game, a lot of it hinges on how both teams perform today. If Texas Tech is better now than I thought they would be. You know, they started off the season kind of with a, a – well, they, they beat Montana State. They beat UTEP. But then they lose to Arizona. They lose to OU. And it's like, okay, maybe they're not that good. But, right. you know, they, they hung in there with Texas Tech. They only lost to them by three points and double over. Or they, they hung in there with Baylor. They only lost to them by three points and double OT. So, I'll just take the wait and see attitude. This season's a wash for the Jayhawks. It's a, a, called a learning experience for Les Miles, getting back into the yeah. into the swing of head coaching. And we'll just go right from away, there, I guess. I'd be thrilled with four wins. Uh, I would based too. Based on what I thought the team was going to be before the season started. Let's keep going, though. Agreed. Uh, baseball playoff, bro. Um, Nationals Mets, versus. To, then what? Nationals versus Yankees or Astros. Are you asking? I'm excited. Me yeah, who do, you, who do you got? Uh, Probably the Astros. I think their pitching is just too good and they're hitting. I think they're the better team. Um, I'll pick whoever comes out of the AL yeah, as well. Yeah, I yeah, I. So, but I'm I'm I love the fact that the Astros or the Nationals got to the World Series after Bryce Harper dumped them. Uh, yeah, I think that's an awesome story. So I am rooting for the Nationals. Plus, they have a lot of really likable guys on their team. So yeah, Steven Strasburg and, and Max uh, Scherzer are both good dudes. So, as I've mentioned before. Maybe not on this podcast, but I've, I've definitely told you and several other people. Max Scherzer is my favorite non-royal to watch play. Yeah, I know he's a Mizzou grad, but he's been a, a 
big leaguer longer than he was a Missouri Tiger. So, you know, just the intensity that he pitches with, and he's just a freaking bulldog out there, and he throws hard. He doesn't want to get pulled off the mound. He He's definitely an old-school player. So I love watching him. Colors. His eyes, he, yeah, like a husky. And uh, he, he's just – I love watching him pitch. He, he gets so – he just pitches angry. He's just so old school like that. So I'm definitely rooting nationals. I know that, you know, them breezing through their playoff schedule so far, that's given them a lot of opportunity to rest pitchers and to rest their starters. But, you know, the Royals had this same – I don't don't want to call it an issue. They had the same circumstance when they went to the World Series in 14. They won – they won their wild card game. Uh-huh. They sweep the Angels and then they sweep the Orioles. And then they just sit and wait and wait until they could find out who they're playing. And ultimately it was the Giants and they lost in seven games. So the, the only thing that gives me pause to pick the Nationals to win, and I, I, I'm not going to pick them, but it's like, okay, have they had too long of a break? Yeah. You know, when your team's hot, like the Nationals have been, you want to go out there and play the very next day. You know, ride ride this thing out. Yeah, We're hot right now. Let, let us play four games in a row. And I guarantee you we'll win three out of the four, and then let us play a couple more, and we're World Series champs. But now they're just kind of – they're sitting on their thumbs and uh, unable to do anything. So but, it'll be interesting to see how they match up against the AL teams. Let me ask you this real quick, Cam. What do you think of Matt of Clayton Kershaw and the Dodgers – sort of melting down again. We talked about it last time we were on the air because I don't think the series has started yet. That when the Dodgers get into high-pressure situations, they sort of pee on themselves. Uh, They did it again. Do you think it's time for them to sort of blow it up, or do you think they stay the course and give it another go with Clayton Kershaw next year? I feel bad for him because he's a really good pitcher. Uh, but I think pressure just gets to the guy. I think that's obvious at this point. Yeah. It, I'm reluctant to say blow it up because if not Clayton Kershaw, then who? Right. If not Dave Roberts as your manager, then who? Right. I mean, they, they've won the NL West how many years in a row? It's been at least three. Well, Dave Roberts they've, is a really good manager. He's a very good manager. And, I mean, the, the top managerial candidates, um, I'm not going to say they've all been taken, but um, Joe Madden signed with the Angels this week. Um, I read yesterday on Twitter that Ron Washington uh, signed <laughs> with the Padres to be their manager. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> I shouldn't have mentioned Ron Washington around ASU. You got a good inside joke with Ron Washington, but – I mean, th- those are two. Those are two good managers. Yeah. You know, Ron Washington's got a uh, World Series experience with the Texas Rangers. Um, Joe Madden has obviously won the, won a World Series with the Cubs, and he took the Tampa Bay Rays to another World Series. So, I mean, if they're going to make a move, they they better do it soon. I know they got one guy who's in their front office right now, Raul Labanez, who a lot of people think would make a great manager, but. Again, like if not Dave Roberts, then who? Isn't be it? careful what be careful what you wish for. You you just may get it. You may get it if you like. Oh, we we need a change. 
okay, you're going to get a change, and it may not be pretty. Right. Isn't it interesting how guys can sort of come, you know, straight from doing, straight from being a GM or straight from being uh, a commentator on TV, never having managed before, and do it successfully? I feel like you can do that in baseball more than you can do it in any other uh, sport. And I think it's a passion for the game thing, not Mm -hmm. a knowledge. But to be a big big league manager, you got to love baseball because you're around baseball for six months out of the year. That's all you're doing. And I think to kind of go back to like you can come out of the booth or you can come out of not even being involved in baseball at all and be a a good manager. I think that has to do more with um, analytics today more than any other time in our, in major league baseball's history because the general manager and the scouts, they have their fingerprints on the team more than the manager does because they're looking at guys who have high on base percentages and who utilize launch angle and who have high spin rates on their ball. Uh, off a pitching mound and the the manager doesn't determine that it's like the the gm he's like okay here's the toys that i've bought for you go play with them right and the manager just has to put them in the the right order in the batting lineup and let the players do the rest so i've heard that in some some organizations the manager doesn't even write the lineup the gm's just like okay here's who your starters are today and so it's it's like the GM is that involved? Yeah, I'm, uh, the Oakland A's are the one team that come to mind when um, you, you say that because I know Billy Bean, uh, for as unsuccessful as he was as a player, you know, you talk about making chicken salad out of chicken crap. That's what he has to do year in and year. That's what he has to do year in and year out in Oakland because they have one of the lowest payrolls in baseball, but they're consistently in the playoffs. Yeah, they don't win at all, but you know they are there. Yeah. You know. You, Let's let's move on to our last subject. Yeah, um, little uniform action. We, yeah. uh, you you all know that Ace and I are big. Uh, we'll call it threadheads. How's that for a term? Threadheads. Um, I enjoy seeing what the players have on almost as much as I enjoy watching uh, the ball games. So, I uh, I want to hear your thoughts. Um, what what are your favorite college football uniforms of the year so far? I'll give you one, dude. What Louisville's got on today? If you haven't what? seen it, it's they got a red top with some black trim and white numbers, and then their helmets are red with a white and red cardinal on the side. It looks really slick. Uh, go check that game out. I think it's on ABC right now. They're playing Clemson. Uh, here's the thing locally. I don't like the fact that KU's gotten away from the Jayhawk on the side of the helmet. Oh, I love it. I, I love that. I love it. I hate it. But anyway, yeah, Louisville, what they got on today, uh, um, anything that Oklahoma State wears, I enjoy. Agreed. Uh, anything that West Virginia wears, I enjoy. You, uh, like, the, you like the gray, for the all gray for West Virginia? I, I prefer... The gray top with a navy helmet and navy pants. That's, or the gray top with a yellow helmet and yellow pants. I think that 
too many teams, and this is the same way with black. They just wear gray for the sake of wearing gray or black for the sake of wearing black. I just I just don't like it. I think you can um, put gray in anybody's colors. It's fine. Eh, with the pants, yes. With the tops, not so much. But I digress. Um, if you watched, I think it was Tulsa last night or earlier this week, they went away from their traditional gold helmets with the blue lettering along the side and they went with the blue helmet with I think white lettering it, with the script Tulsa with the cursive Tulsa oh, yeah. that looked really sharp really really sharp um I'd almost say that hey they should switch that to their their okay. normal uniforms at the their primary helmet you know and just have have the gold be their their alternate uh color another one that I like um and you said it already, pretty much anything that Oklahoma State wears, I am on board for. Also, anything that Colorado <laughs> wears, I really like. Really? Yeah, I like Colorado's uniform. Oh, They're all right. I don't like it when they wear gray, but that's just me. Uh, I think if you, if, you, if you got black and gold, like not like athletic gold, like Arizona State says they have gold. No, they have yellow. But if you have like gold, like Notre Dame and Colorado yeah. have gold, rock that crap, man. That's a good looking uniform if you use legitimate gold. Do you like anything that ESU wears in Florida State? Speaking of black and gold, yeah, they've definitely changed things up since we've left. You know, yeah, dude. The um, gold helmets that they had when we were there were sharp. Yeah, with powery. Yep, with the powery. Um, I think my favorite look for them is when they rock their, um, their black uniforms with gold pants and a gold helmet. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, that. I think that looks sharp. See, here's my deal with college football now, and we're, we're going to wrap up soon, guys, I promise. But, um, uh, everybody's got 1800 uniforms. I don't know that I like. When Oregon did it, it was special, but now everybody's doing it, and it's not special anymore. That everybody no. unveils five new uniforms a year. Um, I so I don't know. I mean, even NAIA schools like Kansas Wesleyan's got eighteen thousand uniforms. I don't know how much I like that. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Um, I do not like the fact that. Emporia has a gray uniform. I will tell you that. I didn't like that as a as a journalist because when I would be in the in the booth uh, covering the game, they got the gray jersey has the black numerals and you cannot see it. You can't see their numbers. Well, they so, switched it up to to white numerals this year. I don't. But like it's still. That. I don't like it. With rock so. gold. Rock gold. Rock numerals. gold. Be proud to wear your black and gold. Always. I think that's all we got. I, I feel like that's all we got for you guys this week. Uh, yeah. We'll get this episode posted soon. Uh, thanks for listening. Ace, you got anything to say? Nope. Enjoy your college football Saturday, y'all. And uh, rock shot. And stingers up. Talk to you guys later.